Okay. And also the dialect. Osaka bin is like the best thing ever. I could be biased, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what about it do you love so much? Um, It's just, it reminds me of like African-American vernacular English. It's not really, I'm not sure the word. It's not the same as AAVE, mm-hmm. but it's definitely um, something that just adds a little flavor, you know, to the language mm-hmm. and, and helps them stand out a bit more. It's like, oh, you're from Osaka because they talk. With that dialect. <laughs> like, when I said it, they're like, whoa, you you, you speak Ozaka then? And I'm like, you know, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> you know. But they love it, so I love it. Oh, that's great. That is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like when you talk with your friends compared to when you talk in class. You know, it's just that slight difference that makes it more friendly. Yeah, it's more unique. And- oh, it's yeah. cool. Hello, hello! Welcome to Young, Gifted, and Abroad, perspectives on studying abroad from past and present students of color. My name is Danielle, and I'm so excited to be able to talk to you today because today I have my friend Deja as the guest, Uh, and Deja is actually the first of a handful of guests to come whom I found on Twitter, (laughs) which is hilarious to me because I very rarely use Twitter. I'm certainly not in the habit of uh, contacting strangers on there. And maybe I'll tell the story of how this all came about later on. But yeah, I decided to take a chance and reach out to a few selected people on Twitter to see if they'd like to be guests on Young, Gifted, and Abroad. And to my pleasant surprise, all of them were interested. And so Deja is the first of those people that I got to talk to. So Deja is a filmmaker and photographer from Detroit, which is really exciting because uh, if you've been listening to the show for a while, then you know that I've interviewed several people from Detroit and from Michigan more generally because I'm from Michigan too. So yeah, she's from Detroit and uh, while she was an undergrad, a mentor of hers inspired her to get into studying Japanese. And relatively quickly, it went from this initial curiosity and interest in Japan and studying the Japanese language to Deja deciding that she wanted to go to Japan for a whole year. And so that's what she did. She lived in Osaka, Japan for a year, studying Japanese language, of course, but also taking electives in Japanese cinema and pop culture. And overall, she had a really phenomenal time. Now, of course, there were some challenges. You know, this is her first time traveling internationally. She's living in a new country, having to live day to day in a new language, and also get used to some rules that she was not anticipating before arriving in Japan. (laughs) Uh, But then also, there were some things going on in the States that were difficult for her to have to watch and make sense of from the outside. But overall, Deja learned to adapt and she made the most of her time, had a lot of fun, traveled to different parts of Japan and even went to a couple other countries while she was over there. So we talked about all that and also talked about what she's looking forward to doing and where she's looking forward to going in the future. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with my friend, Deja Todd. First of all, I just want to say... I know I kind of just contacted you out of the blue, um, but I do really appreciate you agreeing to be a guest on this podcast. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to learn more about you and about your time in um, Osaka. So thanks for that, first of all. No problem. Thanks for reaching out. I was like, I was so shocked. I was like, dude, I, I haven't been in Japan for like four years. So <laughs> I was surprised, but I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, I am too. I am too. This is um, going to be great. I have a good feeling about it. Okay, well, I guess we can just go ahead and get started. 
Uh, why don't we start with you introducing yourself a bit, if you don't mind. Okay, uh, so my name is Deja. I'm a graduate of Grand Valley State University, go Lakers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was a film and video major and African American studies minor, and I studied abroad in Osaka, Japan. Nice. Okay, so like you said, you studied abroad in Osaka. What... I guess inspired or motivated you to want to to go abroad and to go to Osaka specifically. Um, it all started at a very young age. Uh, my stepdad watched a lot of like Bruce Lee movies, and I loved Rush Hour growing up. So mm-hmm. originally, I was very interested in China. I actually studied Chinese uh, in sixth grade, but uh, I stopped because it was hard. <laughs> the characters that's honest and, um, yeah, it was very difficult I still love the language I would love to maybe we restart it one day but mm-hmm. uh, once I got to college the guy who helped me sign up for classes I guess you could call him my mentor uh, he was t- uh, raving about Japanese class that he's in and I needed a uh, language because I was getting my BA and I needed that credit. So I was just like, okay, I, I tried Chinese. Maybe Japanese would be easier. And he kept bragging about it, how easy it was. It's way easier. If you did Chinese, you can do Japanese. And from there, he started tutoring me before I started the class. And then once I took Japanese, that was it. Like, I fell in love with the language. And I found out about anime and <laughs> J-pop. And then I just fell down the hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay that's interesting that it was kind of like um a new interest you developed in college and then just went full force into it um, <laughs> yeah i because i know a lot of people they it's some of them are it's like oh I, I grew up watching anime or it was my thing in high school and i always wanted to go to japan once i got to college <laughs> i hear that a lot i mean that was that was yeah. my journey at least from like starting in high school but mm. Yeah, the fact that it's like a brand new thing once you got to college, and then it, almost immediately it was it became such a um, yeah. like a passion of yours. That's that's really interesting. <laughs> it yeah. was crazy. It definitely caught my mom off guard. She was not prepared. <laughs> and then when I told her I wanted to go to Japan, she was again not prepared. And then I told her for a year, and that kind of like you know really just knocked her on her off her feet. <laughs> Had you expressed any desire to want to travel internationally before? Um, not really. You know how most people growing up, they always talk about Paris and London and going mm-hmm. to places like that. So outside of that, not really. Uh, it was when I found out that my RA in college had went to the Netherlands, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she talked about how easy the process was. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm studying the language. Why not go there? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, so you did eventually decide to go to to study in in Japan. Did your <laughs> I mean, since you mentioned your mom, did you did she come around, or did that not sway you in in deciding to eventually study in Japan when you did? Um, she definitely came around after a little bit of persuading. Uh, I thought it would be harder to convince my stepdad, but that, like. Right off the bat, he was excited. Like, he wanted me to go. And then they kind of switched sides. Like, my mom was like, okay, you should definitely go for a year. My stepdad switched and was like, a year might be too long. And it was 2015, so Trump was, like, messing with North Korea. And he was like, what if North Korea bombs Japan? And I was like, that's a completely different country. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine. Hmm. Okay. But, yeah. And so was were you gone for an entire year? Is that how long your program was? Yeah, my program was 10 months, so the entire academic year. And then I spent two weeks outside of that traveling with some of the friends that I made over there. Okay, cool, cool. And how did you end up in in Osaka? Uh, So Grand Valley had a partnership program with a school in Tokyo called uh, ICU, International Christian University. Mm. And that's where I wanted to go, but they only accepted, uh, I believe, two students a year. And the funny thing is, my mentor actually got accepted 
because he's a, a grade higher than me and he mm-hmm. got accepted and I didn't. They accepted the upperclassmen instead. Oh, okay. So I ended up looking for uh, outside programs through different providers and I found one that uh, let me go. Nice. Okay. <laughs> and so it was just like, um, well, I guess I, I could ask instead of assuming, but um, what was your program about? You were there for a year. So, I mean, what was the focus of your of your program in, in Osaka? Um, it was mainly focused on language learning. Uh, I took intensive Japanese classes, which I mean, that's already intense because you're in a whole new country with right. the language. But <laughs> I took the intensive track, which, you know, uh, pushed me from like beginner level to intermediate within that year I was there as far as like reading, writing and speaking. Mm. And it was very uh, vigorous with like the studying and everything. They also had a couple film classes that could kind of double dip into my major. Ah, nice. So yeah, that's that's another reason I chose that school uh, that I went to because a lot of schools in Japan don't really have film classes. So it was hard to find something that I could get towards my major as well as my uh, language requirement. Yeah, it's like the best of both worlds for you. Yeah, yeah it was nice. It was good. Uh, what was the school that you went to in um, in Japan? Um, I went to Kansei Gakun Daigaku, which is just a KGU. It's it was started by a Canadian, and oh, okay. it's it's like a private school over there. I know you again, like you said, you had um, you were really excited to go to Japan because this is like a, a passion that you've developed since being in in college and everything. So I'm sure you were very excited to go, but this, like you said, this is like um, you know, basically a year that you're going to be away. I don't know if you felt any concerns about that, or were you just like ready to go? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it was a little bit of both. Uh, I was already at that point. I had been in college for two years, and I was I'm the oldest out of all my mom's kids, so I'm the first one to leave. So it was kind of a big deal. Mm. And then I was the first one to leave the country, mm. like ever. So she was very nervous, and we did have like a talk about you know if family members passed or something major happened, like how I would get back. And that I didn't even think about that. So my mm. mom definitely like put that into perspective because a year is a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're at school, but. Like, you're at school in a different country, so it was completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just kind of, when I got homesick, uh, I got on Facebook. <laughs> and I think that was around the time a lot of the uh, BLM protests and everything and, like, the killings were going on. Mm. So I, I really felt, like, not super homesick, but, like, I needed to be home. So my mom would send a lot of care packages and people from my oh, uh, church nice. would send stuff. Yeah, it was very thoughtful because i couldn't afford a thousand dollar plane ticket back home right. <laughs> yeah okay yeah so you had like um things in place to help you like you said whenever homesickness came up or ways mm. to keep in touch or keep um keep updated on what was going on back home so yes definitely yeah. shout out to facetime and <laughs> facebook messenger and all those video chat apps and everything because yeah. without that i would have been on my own for real for real like I was the only one from my school who went to that school and I was the only American in my dorm Mm. because I stayed in an all-girls Japanese dorm oh wow so it was a yeah big big culture shock at first yeah it sounds like it what was it like being only you said the only American in your dorm yes what was that like so the (laughs) dorm was like uh, I think about two years old at the time I had went and they wanted to kind of introduce Japanese students to foreigners and that each dorm had four students living in it three Japanese and one foreigner yeah I was the only American there was an Australian uh a couple Taiwanese one Chinese but me and the Australian were the only ones whose uh, native language was English Hmm. so that was a lot like coming in after only studying at Grand Valley for a year to like going straight to like it was almost like doing a homestay with the family except for they were my age so it was like it threw me right in yeah did that help with the i guess language learning process since you were basically in this 
immersive environment. You were basically doing language immersion all the time because of where you lived. <laughs> right. So did yeah. that help or was it hard at first to find a way to communicate with people? It was uh, very hard at first because we had chores in the dorm and we had like dorm meetings. And I remember the very first dorm meeting, someone was getting uh, scolded and she had to like read an apology letter to everyone and she started crying and I did mm. not understand what she was saying I just knew she started crying oh, and I no. was like so scared I was like dude did I make the wrong choice like staying in this dorm but you know it definitely helped uh, push me to learn a little bit faster in class like I was already in intensive but I wanted to know like what was going on around me because that first dorm meeting was like what yeah <laughs> yeah that what a way to kick things off like <laughs> oh, yeah. i was like well, why are there tears we just got here <laughs> right, you haven't gotten to know everybody yet you maybe probably don't even know like the the whole of the situation exactly and, and i was like <laughs> oh yeah i was so caught off guard i was like um is this how they punish people oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then i ended up having to do one because i missed curfew and i had to read in front of the whole thing i didn't cry but like <laughs> it just came full circle. Like, wow. So yeah. I guess, so they're really, I guess, serious about the rules in, in, yeah. in these dorms? Apparently my dorm was like the most strict. It was the newest and it was like, I guess they felt more responsible for the foreigners. I don't know, compared to like the foreigner dorms where the foreigners had their own room. That's where a lot of my other friends stayed or they did homestays. But mm. my dorm had like, a strict curfew with like a security guard and a code to get in and all these different rules and sometimes I regretted it like dang I can't even go out with some of my friends because I have to be back by curfew huh. but I made a lot of great friends in that dorm so it 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 balanced out yeah it balanced out I just I'm sorry I'm still stuck on you having to read an apology letter in front of everybody yes for- my my friends made fun of me definitely uh I was friends with the, like almost half the dorm so they they were laughing but it was like very basic Japanese and I, I was like why do I have to apologize in front of everybody for missing curfew like I was yeah. late by like a minute I was yeah. right outside the door but that just shows you the differences the cultural differences uh, right. as far as Japan and America yeah I can imagine I, I'm sorry you said it was in Japanese too you had to write it in Japanese and like yes okay and they knew I was like it was me and one Chinese girl. We were like the lowest level Japanese <laughs> speakers. Mm-hmm. That's and tough. Yeah, they, they sat down with me and were like, okay, so what do you want to say? And they tried to help me translate it. But I still had to read it in front of everyone, which yeah. is apparently is like a very Japanese form of punishment. So huh, okay. I guess, yeah, it was yeah. embarrassing. Because <laughs> I, I was. imagine, yeah. Yeah, but I read it. It helped with my public speaking in Japanese, for sure. <laughs> Look at the bright side of it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. if I remember correctly, when I was in Japan, the place I was at, they had, you know, a curfew as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't, need, I don't even remember what the punishment was. I don't think it involved having to write it. You know what? Actually, I don't remember. So let me not speak on it and say, <laughs> say something off. But... um did you stay yeah. at like a dorm or something? Yeah, I was in um, it, it was called Japan Center for Michigan Universities. I don't know if they oh, promoted yeah. it a lot at Grand Valley. I definitely heard of that though, because I, when I came back, I worked at the study abroad office, so I can't even oh. know like all the programs that we offer to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> but JCMU, yeah, that's yeah. A good one. So you know, yeah, I, well, I went to Michigan State, so and that's where it's based. Mm-hmm. So they definitely promoted that a lot. So yeah, yeah, that's what I went with, and so it's like the. The play the school is attached to these dorms, so like you kind of live and study in the same place. Um, yeah, like a small campus. Um, yeah, so they had a curfew, and I don't remember what the rules were about that or what the punishment was. But hmm, I, I hope guess it wasn't that strict. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Because <laughs> was <ooh>. yeah, <laughs> but you. You know, they seem to take it in stride, so that's that's good. Um, <laughs> as strange as it was, you yeah, you know, just uh, roll with the punches. Right. That's how I could do. It's <laughs> like so, okay. So, so what was your like day to day like? Like, were you in class all the time, most of the week, or you know, what was your what was your typical mm. day like? 
Um, definitely had class every day. I think uh, two days was like for writing and reading. And then the other day was like for dialogue. And then I had my elective courses. So it was just like being at school back at home because mm-hmm. outside of the language classes, like I had Japanese cinema history. Mm. And then I had like some type of Japanese pop culture class just so I could fill up my credits. And But outside of class, I tried to join clubs. There was like this dance club that like kind of recruited me because I'm um, African-American. <laughs> and uh, I was like, uh, no, I'm sorry. I can't really dance like that. They were like b-boying and stuff. So oh. that was a lot. And I couldn't speak either. So I was like, uh, and this was like at the beginning of my program. I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, guys. I don't really know what you're saying, but I, I can't join your club. But, you know, other than that, I just kind of hung, excuse me, hung out with a lot of my friends from the dorm. We traveled to a bunch of different places, a lot of castles. Um, Because I was in Osaka, uh, we bought year passes to Universal Studios Japan. And we did that a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. I forgot that's in Osaka. Wow. Yeah, we did that a lot. Like, I mean, like, at least once a month, we were at USJ. <laughs> and then they opened the Attack on Titan thing. And that was like... That's all I needed. Like, it changed my life. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been so much fun. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It was wow. awesome. I totally forgot that Universal Studios was there. I know. I miss it. And I'm mad now because they have the Mario Kart thing there. And I'm not there. <laughs> it's like, dang. <laughs> oh, man. So, you, yeah. Sounds like you had a lot of fun. Even, you know. Uh, <laughs> considering. <laughs> amusement park or no amusement park, you still had, like, a lot of fun uh, considering all the stuff you were up to. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. You mentioned Japanese cinema and, like, pop culture, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Were those classes in English? as Or was everything in Japanese in addition, like, including the language and non-language related stuff? Oh, the electives were definitely in English. I don't okay. think I could have passed if they <laughs> were in Japanese. Um, one of my teachers was from America, and she studied, like, kabuki theater and, like, traditional Japanese theater arts and stuff like that. So mm. she was, like, you know, one of those teachers. And then another teacher was an Australian. She taught the pop culture class. But those English-speaking classes were mixed with Japanese students mm-hmm. because they try to promote – um English learning on campus as well, since it is a Canadian-based school or started in Canada. Something about Canada and that school. But mm-hmm. <laughs> they definitely promote English and they promote, uh, you know, mixing languages and classes and trying to get the Japanese kids to interact with the foreign kids. Yeah. So even outside of language class, I had a lot of practice with yeah. the language. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I, um, I watched some of the videos that you posted on, on YouTube about your time in Japan and I saw Oh, like, you saw those. <laughs> like, I saw you you know, you went to there was like a Halloween party and Yes. I think I saw a clip of, of these dudes breakdancing and Yep. <laughs> some sort nice. of or there were a couple of like performances, like talent shows or whatever. So mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, it's nice that you you know, were Interacting with other students, especially, like, Japanese students at the university so much. Yeah, I definitely know? paid attention to bulletin boards. And, like, my friends who could speak better Japanese than me, they, they kept me up on all the activities that were going on. We went to, like, some pottery class, and it was all in Japanese. But I built, like, my own little pots and cups and stuff in a mountain in Japan. It was so pretty. Mm. But just because I had, you know, access to those people... I was able to do things like that because yeah. if I just, you know, stayed to myself, I don't think I would have had half the experiences that I had. Right. Yeah. You probably would have missed out or just been completely unaware of certain things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so you're in Osaka, right? That was like your home base for that year. And I know Osaka is like one of the cities that people know about. Like it's a major city in Japan most people probably heard of it. Like, obviously, they've heard of Tokyo, and mm-hmm. I feel like Osaka is up there as well. But I mean, from your experience, what? How would you describe Osaka as a city, or you know, a place that you lived for a while? You know, what? Mm. What was Osaka like to you? Osaka was very uh, friendly. 
compared to I went to Tokyo one time and they were like I would compare it to New York how I imagine New York I have yet to go but um you know the stereotypes about New Yorkers just moving fast and kind of to themselves because since it's such a big city mm-hmm. compared to Osaka like when I was out uh, a lot of the older people they would smile they would talk or if I talked to them they didn't they wouldn't really shy away mm. they'd be nervous because they don't they think I only speak English but they would definitely interact more compared to um when I was in Tokyo mm. Okay. And also the dialect, Osaka Ben is like the best thing ever. I could be biased, but I love it. <laughs> what about it do you love so much? Um, it's just it reminds me of like African American vernacular English. It's not really, you know, as um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not really as I'm not sure the word. It's not the same as A A V E, but it's definitely um something that just adds a little flavor you know, to the language mm. and helps them stand out a bit more. It's like, oh, you're from Osaka because they talk with that dialect. <laughs> like when I said it, they're like, whoa, you, you, you speak Osaka then? And I'm like, you know, a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> you know, but they love it. So I love it. Oh, that's great. That is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like when you talk with your friends compared to when you talk in class, you know, it's just that slight difference that makes it more friendly yeah it's more unique and oh it's yeah. cool uh you you mentioned that you were invited to join the break dancing team because you were black. <laughs> yes <laughs> and he says you were the only american in your dorm but i mean from what you could gauge going about campus were there other black people there when you were there when i was there there was one two there was a South African guy. So I'll say about four or five of us okay. in the language program. And then I met a few, you know, outside of school on Facebook through this uh, Black Creatives in Japan Facebook mm, group. Yeah. And also Black YouTubers um, in Japan. I don't know how I found them, but I did a lot of research before I left. And I actually met two of the YouTubers I was watching Oh, cool! when I went there. It was really cool. So... Yeah, definitely a lot of groups and just reaching out to people. I went to this like foreigner and, and uh, Japanese people choir thing. They had to sing this song together. And that's when I met someone else from Detroit. But he mm. went to the other KGU. <laughs> and I was like, oh, snap, look at that. Like, what are the odds? But there weren't <laughs> that many of us. Like, when they saw us, they were definitely staring. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. even heard one little kid at a grocery store. Like I overheard him say "Kokujin," which is black person. black person. And I was like, I was like, what the? I was like, who? Did he just? Is he talking about me? <laughs> yeah, he is. I'm the only one here. But I was like, whoa! And his dad like pulled him in the store, and I was like, oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, somebody better get their kids. Oh man. Okay, so. Not surrounded by black people, but you met a few here and there, and then you also mm-hmm. sought some out and were able to connect to connect with them as well. So, yeah. okay, I'm just curious. Um, who were the if if you mind saying who were the YouTubers that you were able to meet up with? Um, Piggles the Gaijin. Oh yeah, I love that guy. If you know him, and uh, there's another Ayana. I think her name is I. Oh, yeah. She's in Osaka. She's based in Osaka, right? Yes, and she's married to a Japanese guy. And, like, one of her videos was speaking, like, fluent Japanese. And I was just, like, amazed. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, that's Ayana. Ayana. No, you're thinking of the right person. I said the wrong name. Ayana and then... Is it Alice? Is that her name? Elise? Elise. That's who I'm thinking of. Okay. Yes. Elise and Ayana. I met both of them, but I didn't know Ayana's videos. I knew Elise's videos. Okay. But uh, we went to like a Hanami in Osaka, and that's when I met like all of them. And it was this big group of like black people, and the Japanese people were like, what the heck? Because we were blasting music and like hustling. (laughs) It was just great to get back in touch with like my culture while also experiencing another culture. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Hanami. I know what that is, but for people who don't know what that is, can you explain what, what Hanami yes. is? Hanami is literally viewing flowers. So the cherry blossoms, they bloom in the spring, and people like to go have picnics and, 
you know, just be out in nature around that time. So I definitely partook in that because it was great photo ops mm-hmm. <laughs> and very pretty sights. Like if you think anime, a lot of people can, you know, see the cherry blossoms falling like rain. And that's literally how it looked in real life. I was like amazed. I, th- I feel like I said this looks just like an anime at least two times a week. <laughs> like I would be outside like, wow, this looks like an anime. So yeah, yeah, Hanami is great. Okay. I don't think I've ever, yeah, because when I went, it was during the summer, and I haven't been able oh. to go back yet, so I didn't get to do um, Hanami or anything, but I've seen plenty of, you know, as you mentioned, it's a big thing. People like to go out and chill and look at the flowers and everything. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's nice that you got to do that. Mm. Yeah, I was glad I picked the year, because I got to just see Japan and all. At different points of the year, like all their major holidays and, you know, summer festivals. Did you see any summer festivals while you were there? I did. I did. See, I see yeah. You. So those are a great thing to see, too. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Okay, so you were in class, but you had, it seems like you ever had a really robust social life as well, which is great that you had that <laughs> balance. Like your your background, your major was like in film and video production and the like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, I'm just wondering since you mentioned the Japanese cinema class you took, I don't know if you learned anything in that class that felt relevant to what you were studying or felt like it added to your. What am I trying to say your field of interest in any way? Oh, uh, definitely. Um, you know, before I went over there. The only world cinema class that we had, they talked a lot about French films and that that might be it. A lot of European <laughs> films. <laughs> right, okay. They don't really cover other countries. Mm-hmm. Like I probably had heard of Kurosawa, Kurosawa, but I don't think we actually watched a film. So going there and studying Japanese cinema definitely opened my eyes to like different filmmaking techniques over there because they do things uh, a little different and I feel like their movies are sometimes sadder I don't know maybe I just get more sad when I watch them I don't know Mm. but uh it was definitely uh beneficial to my film film studies okay but I don't that's so weird that because, you know, if you're studying film, in terms of national film history or whatever, French mm-hmm. is, like, one of them that's really celebrated and everything. But, yeah, that's a shame that you had to go to Japan to learn about some Asian cinema. Because, I mean, yeah, Japan has a huge history of cinema. I know Korea does as well. Like, Oh, man. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that we didn't study. And I don't know why. But I'm glad I did learn about it eventually because, you know, people, I feel like as Americans, we're kind of spoiled because we have Hollywood right here. And Mm -hmm. Hollywood is like the biggest film production place in the world. And our movies are shipped everywhere. So we kind of ignore a lot of other countries' movies. But I feel like we could learn a lot from other countries' movies, too. So we definitely should have studied more, I think. But at least you got you know a taste of it when you did you know um yeah yeah yeah. i should have asked this earlier but what made you want to go into you know being a filmmaker video production that type of thing um when i was a senior in high school uh i knew i either wanted to be a pediatrician or a filmmaker I think because I watched a lot of TV growing up and then YouTube was big around the time I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So YouTuber just ultimately led to short films, to writing, to movies, you know. So when I took chemistry in college and I realized it was not high school chemistry, (laughs) (laughs) that's when I decided, let me go ahead and, you know, do plan B. That's what it was. Yeah. Wow, it wasn't really okay. plan B, but it, they were equal to me. But it was that was just the deciding factor. Like, I don't want to study chemistry for right. eight years, you know. Yeah. Let me go and do something creative and kind of get my story out there. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. really cool. Are there any films or like specific filmmakers that really that you remember really inspired you and kind of led you to wanting to do the same thing? Not really filmmakers. More like actual, just like films growing yeah. up. Just seeing different stories because 
do the right thing definitely helped me. I guess you could say Spike Lee, but when I was younger, I was just intaking so many different films that I was like, I kind of want to tell my story and see my story more. I didn't see myself a lot as a black woman. You know, mm. there weren't a lot of movies or cartoons or anything that I saw besides like, I don't know, That's So Raven <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or anything yeah. in film. So definitely pushed me to like, I want to do something like Spike Lee is doing, I guess is a good example. Mm. But I didn't watch a lot of his films growing up, but now I definitely <laughs> appreciate it. So Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, this is just uh, something I'm personally curious about because I don't mm-hmm. know that many people who went to Grand Valley. Why mm-hmm. did you choose? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> why why did you choose Grand Valley? <laughs> yes. Um, I had a friend whose brother went to Grand Valley. And when I took a tour of Michigan State and U of M, I was like, these schools are so huge. <laughs> I would be very uh, overwhelmed. <laughs> And then the buildings were old. Like, when I went to, especially state, I remember very vividly, like, (laughs) no offense to your school, but like, (laughs) the dorms were like, the tours they gave us, they were so proud. And I was like, these dorms are old. (laughs) And then they were like, oh, you can't have a car as a freshman. And I was just like, okay, like, (laughs) what do you mean? And then I went to Grand Valley and everything was like newer. And it, they told me the classes were, like, max 20, 25 people, unless you were in, like, biology, there's, like, 50. Mm. When I know at State and U of M, the minimum is, like, what, 50? For, at, least for, at least for, like, freshmen, like, first-year classes, it's really... Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. And I, they showed us, like, a lecture hall, and I was like, wow, this, this is so big. And I, I was just thinking about all the help I would need as, like, a science major. Oh, it just... <laughs> I was overwhelmed, mm-hmm. so... Uh, once I found out my friend's brother went there and it was uh, three hours away from Detroit. So I was like, oh, that's far enough away, but still close. Mm-hmm. And everything was new. So that's kind of what did it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for answering that question for me. Just again, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I've known people who've gone to various, you know, universities in Michigan, but for some reason, I, d- I don't think I know. I know very few people who've gone to Grand Valley. So I'm yeah. just curious. It was of- a definitely a small school when i went i think we had like twenty five thousand kids but now mm. it's slowly growing but it's still like d2 in the middle of nowhere yeah <laughs> but okay yeah well you know back to your your japan trip but you mentioned going to tokyo as well yes um, so i was just curious about you know what other places you might have gone while you were in um japan i know you went to taiwan like at the end but like within japan within you know japan. where else did you go um, we went to Osaka, Kyoto, Tokyo, Okinawa, Arashiyama, Okayama. I believe that was like the majority of my trips, mm. like mainly around those parts. Okay. And did you usually go with friends or did you um, venture by yeah. yourself sometimes? Definitely with friends. I didn't really trust my kanji reading abilities. <laughs> and um, I just kind of always traveled with them or because they spoke better Japanese than me. Mm. And they could read like a lot of my friends were Asian and uh, Taiwanese and like Chinese. So they could read what I couldn't. And they definitely helped plan these trips and like get me out there. But I went to USJ like I wouldn't say by myself, but if I wanted to, I I, I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't yeah. always do it, but uh, I wandered around Osaka a lot, just exploring. Mm. Okay. But one time I took the train and I went the wrong direction, so that definitely <laughs> made me uh, start traveling with more people. I went, I think I went west instead of east, and I was like an hour late for this little get together. Oh wow! Were <laughs> you still traveling. within the city, or were you totally just like? In the middle of nowhere somewhere? <laughs> uh, I was in the city, but, like, on the outskirts. Okay. Like, it was turning not into the city. And they were like, where are you? And I was like, uh, I'm leaving the city. And I feel like that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But you found your way back, so that's that's good. Yeah. Always yeah. with the group, though, for the most part. Like, <laughs> they helped. <laughs> yeah. You got to rely on other people who knew Japanese better or could at least, you know, uh, um, understand kanji more than you. So that was like, um, 
kind of took the edge off. Like, that was something you didn't have to worry about. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure that also kind of made it more fun since you had all these, you know, different people and different personalities together just exploring mm-hmm. and having a good time, you know. Yeah, it definitely helped. Uh, you know, if we wanted to see certain things or I had someone else interested in different things other than me, that's that led to a lot of uh, impromptu, like, discoveries, too. Like, we found this hidden temple like on the side of a mountain somewhere one day like Mm. definitely traveling with other people was something i learned to appreciate more over there Mm -hmm. and so do you feel like you well no you said already that like you went from beginner to intermediate right in that span of time yes yeah Yeah. definitely learned a lot really fast yeah (laughs) so did you feel confident about like just like speaking japanese or being able to communicate in that way Because I know, like, when you're studying a language, like, reading and writing, you might get the hang of, but then actually, like, conversing can be uh, a hurdle or, Mm -hmm. you know, a challenge, so I don't know. Yeah, I actually felt a lot more confident speaking and, like, listening than reading and writing towards the end of that program because, you know, as you get higher up, the kanji gets more and more difficult and, you know, the writing rules get more and more difficult. And it was just when I was around my dorm mates and my friends and stuff, I was able to just speak uh, very easily and naturally compared to if I had to, like, write an apology letter or, you know, read a newspaper. That was a lot more challenging to Mm. me. Okay. Yeah. So then even better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But towards the beginning, I definitely did not speak that much. I just kind of sat there. And I was like, what the heck are they saying? This does not sound like my teacher back home. (laughs) Yeah. It was very fast Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot at first. Yeah. So definitely an adjustment. But you, you know, I mean, you were there to learn and that sounds like that's exactly what you did. So. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Good for you. That's that's (laughs) great. (laughs) Um, I, I just have to ask you about this again. Something I'm personally curious about. I remember I went to Osaka. One of the things that I was excited about was trying the food because they have very, like, very distinct dishes that are kind of famous. Mm-hmm. And I remember I tried um, takoyaki for the first time. And I remember telling my mom about it. And I was so excited. Like, oh, it was so good. And, like, I was explaining to her what it was. And she was like, you're eating octopus? <laughs> yes. yeah. I'm so scared of it. Like, what? So I don't know yeah. how you felt about, I mean, if you tried that as well, uh, if, if you had any feelings about eating octopus or <laughs> or any other of the, like, Osaka specialty dishes that you had, you know, what were your thoughts? What were your thoughts on the food there? Um, It took a minute to get used to. Uh, back home, I was a very picky eater. Mm. <laughs> um, And I was kind of nervous about trying sushi. And I put it off and I put it off until, I think, like, the end of my trip. Because it's raw fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the first night in our dorm, they made we had a takoyaki party. And they made it with, like, little sausages instead of squid. Okay. But then I helped tutor these kids uh, in English. And they made the actual takoyaki with the squid. And at first, I was a little nervous. But like you said, it was, it was good. Like, I mean, once it's in your mouth, it's there. So, <laughs> like, it was good. Like, um... I don't know. I, I think I was hesitant because I wasn't used to it. Mm-hmm. But after I just like shook that off and kind of starved myself, because <laughs> I think like that first week outside of the cafeteria, I was scared to like go get food. I ate a lot of chips. Mm-hmm. I went to Lawson a lot and like <laughs> the Convini because yeah. I was like, I don't know what to eat here. There's no pizza spot. There's no, I mean, there's a McDonald's, but I would have to go to the city. Mm-hmm. And we stayed like literally next to a farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was definitely scared at first, but I, I grew to like it. I can say that. I learned that I actually prefer Korean food. <clears throat> it's a little more That's all right. flavorful, but <laughs> you know, Japan, they threw down with the ramen for sure. Mm. The, uh, the rice bowls, any rice bowl, like I would tear a rice bowl up. I had a rice bowl with eel, a rice bowl with chicken, a rice bowl with like anything. Mm. I love rice bowls, but 
Yeah, I love the food. Yeah, so you adapted. Not your favorite cuisine, but you found stuff that you liked. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I even tried chicken heart. Oh. At a restaurant. Yeah, I was just like, they were like, we ordered it for the table. And I was like, wow, now I can't say no. So, <laughs> you know, I ate it and it just tastes like chicken. So, definitely yeah. had to jump out there and try everything because you're only there for so long. Might as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, so so with your, your trip to Okinawa, because I saw on, in one of your videos, like, you, you flew there, right? Yes. Um, I guess that's the only way to get there since it's like separated by water but (laughs) yeah i'm just curious if like you know flying within japan if if there if that was i guess how easy or difficult that was um flying within japan as opposed to flying in from you know another country yeah um i feel like their tsa or whatever it's called over there wasn't as strict as Mm. ours like there of course there are limits you can take in your bag but they didn't, I don't think I took off my shoes or anything too crazy. And they kind of checked my passport a little bit longer because it wasn't a Japanese one. But mm. other than that, it was pretty much the same. Oh, we didn't get let off like on those little bridges that lead you to the airport. Like mm-hmm. we got let off literally on the landing strip. I felt like a celebrity. I was like, is this a <laughs> private jet? Like we're literally <laughs> on the landing strip. Whoa. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. like they have those stairs that they walk down. Yeah, and yeah. Okay. It was like I, I was on Air Force One. I was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> okay, I like it. <laughs> okay, so it was fairly simple. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't ask you to like narrow it down because it seems like you were there for a year, so it seems like you had so many different experiences, and most of them sounds like most of them were positive. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't narrow it down, that's fine. But I don't know if uh, maybe there is anything that stands out to you in terms of like favorite moments or really memorable things that you did while you were in Japan that you haven't already mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't. Um, I guess my first day there, (laughs) this just shows you that I never traveled internationally before. Um, I planned a trip to Osaka International Airport and I got there a day before the rest of my, uh, they weren't classmates, but, like, I guess groupmates, people who were traveling within the same company. Mm. And I thought, you know, I could kick it at the airport. It's international. I can just stay there for a couple hours until everyone lands in the morning. But as soon as I land, like, an hour later, I hear them say that they are closing. And mm. I was like, oh, wow. Y'all really just about to, like, close? And I just I thought I was about to stay here. So I barely speak Japanese. I don't have anywhere to go. I have no one to contact. Like, mm-hmm. no one from the company is there yet, as far as I know. And I'm on FaceTime with my mom. <laughs> and I was like, Mom, I got to call you back. I, got, I had to go try to, like, figure out how to talk to somebody at the airport. But the lady wasn't really any help. She just told me they were closing. That's all she kept saying. So I have two 50-pound suitcases, a carry-on. Oh, goodness. And, like, all this stuff that I need for the whole year. And I'm just walking in a circle. I'm like, what do I do? I don't have a cell phone. I can only connect to the Wi-Fi at the airport. And I end up finding this uh, police box. And I'm like, should I go in here? Is it that big a deal? But, like, it's dark outside, and I have nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go in here. And I just walk in there, and they all stop, like, dead silent. They stop all their conversations. There's probably, like, five or six officers in there. Mm. And they just look at me, and I was like, uh, hotel. (laughs) And they were like, they was basically asking me, do I speak Japanese in Japanese? Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, no, hotel, hotel, hotel. (laughs) And they were like, um wow, what do we do? We don't have anybody who speaks English. And I could see them, like, kind of panicking. And that's when this other police officer comes from back. And he was like, oh, I studied abroad in New York. I speak a little bit of English. Oh, and I was wow. like, oh, my God. What are the chances? <laughs> right. And he hooked me up with, like, a hotel for the night. And he was like, why did you come here if you don't, you know, speak? <laughs> and oh, I was goodness. like, my, my bad, dude. Like, I'm trying to learn, like, how you learned when you went to America. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, I'm glad. You're lucky I was here. Like, I'm glad I was able to help you. Mm-hmm. And he set it up to where, like, the shuttle picked me up the next day and took me back to the airport to meet my group. And he mm-hmm. was like, I hope I see you, you know, again to see how your Japanese improves when you leave. And I never got to see him again. But that was, like, the, wow. like 
the best memory. Well, not, I'm not gonna say the best, but like a very memorable, memorable moment. Like, because yeah. I was really stuck at an airport where I did not speak more than like Genki Deska. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I wasn't that confident in speaking because I had only been practicing with like my teacher back mm-hmm. home. So that was yeah, very. Wow poignant moment what a story <laughs> <laughs> yeah my mom was terrified and oh, she didn't know man. what was going on until i called her like an hour and a half later when i got to the hotel room like i got a hotel room <laughs> yeah i'm glad that worked out for you you know yeah i wish oh, i could have met the guy again i didn't know his name like i didn't even know where i was i just know i was next to the airport mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, wow but, yeah <laughs> it was crazy yeah oh you also um you went to Taiwan as well, right? Is that is that? Yes. Yeah. I went to Taiwan and uh, Korea, actually South Korea. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, so, I mean, I guess you had a year, so you had plenty of time to <laughs> go yeah. places. Yeah. <laughs> um, was were those both at the end of your trip, or was Korea at a different time? They were both at the end. Okay. I went uh, to Seoul first, and then. Uh, Taiwan for a week each. Okay. At the end of my program, yeah. So was it like you went to Seoul and you went to Taiwan and then you went back home, or did you go back to Japan and then eventually you left from Japan to go back to the states? Um, I left and went back home after Taiwan. Oh, okay. It was the end of my program. So that really was the end. Yeah. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, you should come to our hometown," and I was like, "Well, I didn't buy my ticket home yet, so let me." Stay here one week and stay there the other week. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, how yeah. was that? How did you? How did you find um, Korea and Taiwan? Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was like I wish I could have stayed in each place for like a year there too. Because <laughs> I feel like after studying abroad for such a long time, mm-hmm. any trip shorter, I'm not gonna say shorter, but like for a couple of days, just doesn't feel like you get the real experience Mm. it was like there was so much that i wanted to do and i still saw a lot in a week but i just wanted to explore more like i wanted to be a student there too instead of just like a tourist yeah if that makes sense no that makes perfect sense yeah yeah, it was it was great like they are both um cheaper than japan so i saved a lot of money and then my friends were taking care of me so i really didn't have to spend money because they like spoiled me like I met their families and oh, it was great. Mm. It was great. Oh, I'm glad it worked out that way. Yeah. Um, in Taiwan, were you in Taipei or somewhere else? Yes, I was in Taipei. Okay. Oh, that's cool. And I got to use a little bit of my sixth grade Chinese. So. Oh, yeah. Full circle. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it was in sixth grade, so I don't know if having studied Chinese previously helped you with kanji in Japan. I know you said it was still kind of hard. I don't know if it, that helped at all. <laughs> it helped a little bit um, as far as, like, recognizing different parts of it. Like, the at the bottom of a kanji, if it's, like, fire, I could, like, point it out. Almost like a root word. Mm. Like, Chinese definitely helped with that. And mm. then, yeah, that, that's about it. Yeah. Chinese was a lot of tones. And it was a lot more confusing. But Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you're out here using all the languages. You're, yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> you, trying. <laughs> you were, you know, uh, deeply immersed in Japan, Japanese and studying Japanese. And then at the end, you got to, you know, use a little bit of your Chinese as well. And I'm sure, obviously, you didn't stop speaking English that whole time since that's your first language. So oh, yeah. Yeah, you're just out here using all the languages. That's impressive. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it made me want to just, I wanted to, like, change my major to, like, world languages or something because it was just so cool seeing, you know, how language and culture interact with one another in the different countries. And, yeah. Oh, it was great. Mm. It was great. Yeah. Did you experience um, studying abroad and, you know, traveling around while you were abroad? Is that what led you to work at the study abroad office at um, yes. Grand Valley? Yeah. Yeah. It um made me want to just, like, help more people go abroad like mm. a lot of people think it's too expensive or it's not worth it or it's gonna like delay their graduation and that's not entirely the case when you you know do your research and everything so I definitely wanted to help more people you know leave the country a lot of us don't leave outside of America unless 
I don't know, they're retired or they mm-hmm. they have a little bit more money because it's kind of hard. Yeah. So they the way they promoted it to me, they said, like, this is the only time before you start your career and your family that you could, like, travel. So why not do it? Mm, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, it's good that you had that, um, <clears throat> already had that desire to kind of, I don't know if you'd say pay it forward or give people, give other people a chance to have, you know, the same kind of experience that you did. Yeah. Yeah. That's really admirable. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see people do great and see the world. Cause I mean, it's here. We're here. Why not? Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so you mentioned, you know, the various cities in Japan that you visited and Osaka, obviously, cause that's where you stayed. And then you went to Seoul and you went to ta- uh, Taipei. I'm wondering if there are any other places that you think you'd like to go at some point. In the future. <laughs> um, in the future, I definitely want to go to Lagos, to London, to Paris, uh, Dubai. Like, I want to see all, as much as I can. I'm not even going to say all, but, like, I- I've been trying to travel since I got back. Mm. But, I, you know, I had to graduate and I had to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been kind of tough. And that was the last international trip that I took. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad I took advantage of going to those other two countries, but I've definitely been trying to, you know, go back anywhere or at least help people go. Yeah. I helped my sister go to, um, she went to Bali. Oh, wow. And I forgot the other place she went, but I helped her get like her passport and everything in order. And it was, this was just a personal trip, but I just love either traveling or trying to help people travel because they don't realize how easy it is once you actually get your passport mm-hmm. well after COVID now so yeah, i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i know what you mean um if they're not related at all then that's that's fine but i'm just wondering if like mm-hmm. your desire to travel you know at some point in the future if that is in any way interconnected with your aspirations as a filmmaker or as far mm-hmm. as your vision of what you want to do in film is is there like an international element to it that you also want to be a part of your career as a filmmaker? Mm-hmm. Um, when I was at school, I definitely wanted to make a documentary about just helping people study abroad. And I wanted to highlight people's experiences abroad, kind of like what you're doing, but just like, mm. <laughs> you know, a documentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to travel and I actually almost had the opportunity to make our um, our study abroad offices video. But I had graduated and they were looking for students. So. Mm. But, yeah, I definitely want to, if not make a documentary, then just actually go on location. Because a lot of films use CGI now. Mm-hmm. I want to actually go abroad or, you know, work with some international f- filmmakers. The guy who made Parasite. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be cool. You know, yeah. Yeah, but if I could work with him or... Even a music video, like I, I listen to a lot of K-pop and J-pop, so their videos are very different from ours, and I would love to go over there and just like take notes or like work on a set and mm-hmm. try to incorporate some of the things that they utilize into my um, work. Yeah. Wow, that's that's really ambitious, but like in a way that I find <laughs> fascinating, not in like a way. You know how some people say that's ambitious and they're being really shady. Like, no, yeah, I'm genuinely, like I genuinely think that's really cool that you want to do all those things. Yes, they, I, <laughs> I mean, hope it's, you get a, to it's do a them. plan. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm trying, but you know, if I don't, I, I have no problem working here in America. Yeah, but I would love to incorporate the both. You know, if I could. I think it's great that you already have the the vision at least, and hopefully, things will come together and you can do all those things and more. You know, who knows? Maybe even things you hadn't thought of doing um, right. in film. Yeah, yeah, anything can happen. So, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, about your your year in Japan, I'm wondering how you went about being able to afford doing that program. Was there anything specific you did as far as like, I don't know, fundraising or just being able to afford that experience that yes. you'd like to mention? Uh, yes, I definitely used GoFundMe <laughs> and definitely reached out to a lot of uh, family and friends and hmm. sh- people I didn't know, friends of friends, like just to let people know <laughs> that I'm trying to do something, you know, that's big and that's going to take a little bit of money. And then a lot of essays for, you know, scholarships and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's what worked for you. Yeah. Okay. That, that's that's what worked. I didn't have the money personally, so yeah. Um, I mean, most the, people don't. So <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, it, it is a pretty penny, mm-hmm. but once you get it, you know, it's worth it. And I think. Uh, I used a lot of financial aid that I already had, and mm. I worked it out to where it could also go towards my international trip. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right. And um, I guess more generally, in terms of studying in Japan, uh, for people who want to do the same thing or a similar thing, do you have any like tips or advice for doing that? Yes. Uh, I would say... Do a lot of research, whether it's YouTube videos, blog posts, podcasts, articles, Twitter, <laughs> um, Facebook, anything, anybody's experience you get learn from and kind of, you know, plan your own from there would definitely help. I took a lot of uh, help from multiple people and incorporated it into my own plan so mm-hmm. I would be able to go abroad. Definitely be open to learning about whatever culture you're going into. Mm. Uh, I feel like my trip abroad helped push me to learn more, not only about them mm-hmm. and just Japanese culture, but also myself. Because like I said before, there was a lot of uh, crazy stuff happening in America yeah. 2015 to 2016 while I was gone. So that definitely pushed me to you know see how I felt internally about that, especially being away from it. And I learned a lot about myself as well as, you know, uh, the other culture. Hmm. So being open is really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you're there for that long. Like, you can't... <laughs> you're yeah, going to you have to be- adapt a bit. Because if you're too uh, stuck in your ways, I don't know how you're going to make it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I learned real quick when I ate a lot of chips. I was like, okay, you got to eat more. You got to go out more. And I, it definitely helped me understand their punishment style over there too like <laughs> reading over there reading that letter <laughs> yeah, i learned japanese culture real fast yeah just being right there in the midst of it <laughs> yeah i bet i bet okay well uh my last question that i have for you is where can people reach you or keep up with you online if you'd like them to do so sure um my handles on a lot of websites is underscore de la soul, day as in D-A-I. Uh, yeah, nice. La soul with an underscore at the end. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. I'm working on revamping that. I never posted all of my vlogs in Japan because I got kind of busy with work. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely planning on uh, starting that back up soon. So D-A-I-L-A-S-O-U-L. That's me. De La Soul. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for again for your time today. Again, I know. <laughs> for, for you know, considering that I'm a stranger who contacted you out of the blue, I was very much uh, encouraged by your enthusiasm <laughs> to be yes, <laughs> a part uh, of this. So <laughs> I was definitely excited once I found out it wasn't like a scam. Was no, a not a scam. Sugar daddy. <laughs> DMs and I'm like, uh, what the heck? But this, I'm glad this one turned out to be legit. Yes. Something I'm interested in. So yeah, thank you for reaching out and finding me. Like this was great. Oh, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's my pleasure. I'm I'm glad you were able to see that I'm not a scam. <laughs> yes. We for real over here. The real deal. Oh man. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I guess that's it for me. Uh, okay. <laughs> I had all, you know, I, you answered all the questions that I had. And, um, you know, like I said, it's uh, it was just really great to hear more about you and, and what you've done. Yes. And, but, yeah, for now, I'll let you go. I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be in touch. Okay. All right. Well, thank you again for this opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> You're very welcome. And, uh, I look forward to hearing it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. You take care, Deja. Okay. All right, y'all. There it is. Thanks to Deja for being such a wonderful guest. And I hope you like how this all turned out. For the rest of you listening, don't forget to follow this podcast at Young Gifted and Abroad on Instagram and Facebook and at YG Abroad on Twitter. 
And don't forget to check out guest profiles and resource lists on younggiftedandabroad.com. Also, if you enjoy what you've been hearing so far, then please continue listening to this podcast wherever podcasts are. And you're welcome to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts while you're at it. And as always, if you have questions or comments to share, or if you yourself would like to be a guest on the show, then feel free to email me at younggiftedandabroad at gmail.com. So for the next episode in two weeks, the guest is going to be someone who worked as a study abroad advisor for a few years. Uh, But before that, she herself studied in Germany and Russia. So you can look forward to hearing all about that in two weeks. But until then, thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time. Oh,